The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Well, welcome one and all. It's uh, nice to see our friends in the chambers, and I can tell you what, it's always a pleasure to see this crew seriously. Nice to get back together again. Uh, so I'm officially calling this meeting, which is the Committee of the Whole Meeting for the Kalamazoo City Commission order for 
Monday, April 3rd. And our first order of business is to call the roll. Clerk Burling. Commissioner Decker. Present. Commissioner Hess. Present. Commissioner Hoffman. Present. Commissioner Juarez. Here. Commissioner Pradle. Present. Vice Mayor Cooney. Present. Mayor Anderson. Here. Thank you, Clerk Borley. Manager Ritzma, do you have any communications? Nothing, Your Honor. Thank you, Manager Ritzma. Now is the time for public comments for our Committee of the Whole meeting. Uh, this is the phone number if you want to call in. It is 888-382-9556. And just a reminder for uh, this is the only public comment period for Committee of the Whole. Uh, public comments are limited to two minutes at our Committee of the Whole meeting. If you have comments, please come forward, give us your name, whether you live in the city. And once again, you have two minutes. So we'll start, uh, if there's anybody in the chamber who'd like to make a public comment, we'll start with that. And uh, seeing no one, DCM Chamberlain, has anybody called in with a public comment? We'll go ahead and check. We do not. All right, thank you once again uh, for checking on that. Now we are down to uh, our focus for this committee, the whole meeting, Manager Risma. Well, thank you, Mayor and Commission. I would like to uh, ask Jonas Peterson, the CEO for Southwest Michigan First to come forward. He's got a presentation on uh, what's going on in SMF's world and uh, all the exciting things in this in this area. So, Jonas. Welcome, Mr. Peterson, thank you. All right, hey, um, thank you. Mayor Anderson, members of the commission, city manager Ritzma, thank you for the time, thank you for the, having the chance to connect this evening and share a little bit about our progress regionally in economic development and where we're going in the future. Uh, so if we haven't met, and I think we, I think we have, but I'm Jonas Peterson. I'm the relatively new, I've got a year and three months in now, CEO at Southwest Michigan First, and we're your regional community and economic development organization with services available throughout uh, seven counties in Southwest Michigan, including right here in, in Kalamazoo. Um, with me this evening, we've got Jill Bland from our economic development team and Melissa Fish from our policy team. What I'd like to do uh, is walk you through some of our highlights from over the last year, draw attention to a couple of, uh, couple of big wins for the region, and then share a little bit about our new strategic plan for Southwest Michigan First as well. So here we go. Um, 2022 was a big year. It was one of the most productive in terms of economic development that we've seen as an organization. Many wins and a robust pipeline of companies considering the region as a place to do business. You just look at some of the numbers from 22, um, 34 project wins, that's over 1,600 assisted jobs, um, over $1.4 billion of assisted capital investment that our team was able to help out with, along with many partners. And everything we do is really built around a 
partnership first um, approach to economic development. So a lot of the success you're seeing is the result of a network of partners moving forward together locally, but also around the region. So some significant strides forward, and then you'll see a few images of projects that um, have a significant impact on city of Kalamazoo, like the Zoetis project on Kilgore Road. Um, Hydro aluminum uh, over in Cassopolis um, has, uh, definitely has impacts on the, uh, on the market here and was a notable uh, win along with some new spec development. Um, and you see an example there from IP USA that um, is moving forward and helping us um, you know, address at least some of the shortage we're seeing for uh, industrial buildings in, in the region. So 2022 was a, a big year. I started with that. It's not just the pure economic development wins though. Um, our organization is very engaged in a wide variety of community building activities. Many of those take the shape and form of events. And you may not, re uh, not, not realize, but uh, the team at Southwest Michigan First has helped over that time period, we helped facilitate, host, lead, support over 350 events. Um, we like to say that places us firmly in the fabric of the communities that we serve. And there's a wide variety of, of topics, um, uh, many of those related to small business development through our Chamber uh, of Commerce, which is highly engaged here and uh, with, uh, with the city in particular. Many of those are economic development with industry leaders uh, taking, uh, building out our strategy for industry de development, development and moving the overall economy forward, workforce development, leadership, uh, training and services and, and community building along the way. Over 350 events over the last year um, that our team helped out with. A couple of big projects that um, you've seen in the news and I want to reinforce this evening um, because they're going to have an impact across our entire region. One of those is Ford's announcement um, of moving forward on the mega site over in Marshall with a very large project. So the Blue Oval Battery Park project in Marshall. This is going to have an impact and in many ways help um, launch an entirely new uh, segment of advanced manufacturing throughout Southwest Michigan. It's 2,500 direct jobs. It's $3.5 billion of investment into that project and it's 2.5 million square feet. So this is a project with the scale and scope to help us really move our overall economy forward. And even in the bigger picture, it will help support 10,000 indirect jobs uh, along the way. So from your seat, um, projects like this, um, when you look at that number of people and jobs supported, direct and indirect, they're going to need housing. They're going to need community support. Um, definitely Marshall, definitely Battle Creek, but we believe that the size of that project will, um, will also have an impact here in Kalamazoo and beyond. So one of the massive projects impacting our region. The other uh, that uh, we're really excited about is a new privately funded event center here in downtown Kalamazoo. And I want to start by saying thank you along the way to everybody in the city that um, has helped out with this effort over a long period of time. 
This is one of those projects that has been worked on by many partners, corporate leaders, public leaders, uh, over, uh, over a lot of years. And we're very pleased that, uh, uh, that land assembly is now complete and Catalyst Development has shared their intent to move forward with a privately funded event center in downtown, uh, downtown Kalamazoo. This is an incredible project that we think will um, help us reshape downtown for the better, revitalize markets, attract new talents, be a new talent to the market, and really be one of those iconic, high-profile uh, projects that change and improve the perception of our market to those outside the region. So this is an exciting, uh, an exciting project. I just have a couple of the renderings to share with you this evening so you can see how it fits in with the, within the fabric uh, uh, of downtown. They're on the corner of Westnidge and Kalamazoo. Basketball facilities, hockey facilities, flat floor space for um, uh, trade shows, networking, conferences, uh, a wide variety of family entertainment, and then of course the um, arena for high-profile concerts and sporting events. This uh, event center will be uh, a very busy, a very active facility um, that creates a wide variety of benefits, not only for the city, but for the larger, uh, the entire region. Here's just a few of those, and these are uh, according uh, to a third-party group called Convention, Sports, and Leisure that analyzed at multiple steps along the way the feasibility of an event center um, in, in downtown. According to that work, um, the event center that, that is planned would support over 230 events per year. It would generate significant public uh, tax revenue. You can see some of those there. Uh, including um, over a, a million five in county sales tax, um, annual attendance over 540,000, significant support for hotel room nights. From an economic development point of view, the, the one number I like to draw attention to is economic impact. Each year, once operational, the event center is expected to support and drive $54 million of economic output. Much of that is gonna impact downtown. It will definitely spill out to the, the larger region, but that means more restaurant purchases, more retail purchases, more foot traffic, um, more general economic activity that we believe can help revitalize downtown. Not to mention the significant rise in personal income and the significant amount of, um, of full-time and part-time jobs, nearly 700 supported through the event center in some shape or form. So significant community benefits, those are two um, very impactful projects that we wanted to share this evening because they're going to have a massive impact on city of Kalamazoo. So that's where we've been. And a couple of key projects, I want to shift gears and talk about our work at Southwest Michigan First going forward. We believe we're at a critical juncture. There is tremendous opportunity. There's a lot of hope. That opportunity looks like a robust pipeline of companies that are evaluating our market as a place to do business. 
and that includes the entire region. There's a robust pipeline of companies uh, and opportunity for job creation and capital investment out there. But it's not going to happen naturally. Um, we have, uh, we're emerging from a, a pandemic and many of our key indicators are on the rise, they're moving in the right direction, but we know there's a lot of work to do. We believe now's the time to act. That motivated our team at Southwest Michigan First to reach out to many groups over, uh, over the last 12 months or so and, and create a new strategic plan for our organization. That, uh, that plan takes into account many of those indicators I mentioned that are going in the right direction, but not quickly enough. Here's a few examples. If you look at population growth across our regions, across our region, some markets are growing, others are declining. Generally, we are growing as a region, but not quickly enough. We lag behind the state, we lag behind the country. Similar trends with median household income, with educational attainment, and with our poverty rate. They're moving in the right direction, but not quickly enough. We lag behind the state, we lag behind the rest of the country. So we need to do more. That brings us to a new strategic plan, a new approach that we call the path to regional prosperity. It's built around a principle, a guiding principle. At, at Southwest Michigan First, we believe there is a clear path to a more prosperous future for everybody that calls Southwest Michigan home. That plan has led us to a new mission statement for our, our organization. New mission statement is to increase economic prosperity for all. It's simple, it's straightforward, it's to the point. That is uh, the common element for everything we do and will do as an organization going forward. You can see our new mission statement. You can also see three of our key focus areas. The first is economic development. This is the foundation of our work. Yes, it is helping companies locate in Southwest Michigan, Retaining our existing firms is a high priority for our team, but then also working through expansions, all about jobs, capital investment, improving quality of life along the way. That's our focus, first focus area. It's the foundation of what we do. Our second focus area is community development, or is workforce development. Um, when we talk to companies, we consistently hear that one of the greatest obstacles to their success is talent. Not having enough workers, not having enough highly skilled workers. This obstacle or opportunity is so significant that we want to really attack this from all possible angles with the help of many partners so that we're doing our part and we're helping to empower others to equip companies with the talent they need to be successful. So it's a new focus area for our organization where we've been involved in the past but we want to do more to serve companies. And then the third focus area is community development. We know if we're gonna be successful at job creation and helping companies grow and prosper, we need to be involved in community development. Placemaking, supporting public entities, policy uh, work, building those types of environments where companies want to locate, where people want to live where talent wants to raise a family and, and, and locate. So a focus area for us in community development. 
Altogether, that leads to our, our vision based on our mission. So if mission is to increase economic prosperity for all, our vision is this region as one of the most prosperous in the state of Michigan and then beyond. Core values along the way are an iteration of our current work. It starts with leadership. We're not satisfied with the status quo. Um, we believe that communities, that regions rise or fall based on the caliber of leadership. So that uh, becomes a core value for, for our organization. And you'll see it built into our work plan along with excellence, excellence in customer service, excellent in, um, in the delivery of what we do, inclusivity, um, in, in, including diversity, equity, and inclusion, and inclusion in our internal work, but in our external efforts as well, integrity, being transparent, being accountable along the way, and innovation. Again, we're not satisfied with the status quo. When we look at those indicators impacting our region, we simply need to do more. If we're gonna build a more prosperous future, for all those that call our region home, we simply have to do more. You may ask the question, how is Southwest Michigan First going to look different? How is this strategic plan gonna look different than what you may be familiar with in the past? Let me share um, a high-level overview with you. And on April 12th, if you would like to come join us for a deeper dive, um, I believe we have a rollout event for this strategy as, as well. Here's some of those high-level shifts. You'll see us reposition Southwest Michigan First as a community and economic development organization. Again, if we're gonna do our primary work of job creation really well, we believe we need to also be involved in community building placemaking, marketing, branding, talent attraction, the list goes on. You'll see us uh, strive to unite regional partners around common goals and, and strategies. Um, this is important to us, and we believe that our, our staff in the grand scheme of things is relatively small, but, we, but our team with your help and with other partners around the region is absolutely massive. When we can get that entire team moving in the same direction uh, that's when we think we can really move the needle on economic development. So we want to unite. We want to find those common projects that we agree on with partners around the region, move those forward together. You'll see us work to enhance and align regional workforce development efforts. Um, we believe there's more work to be done to make sure our, um, our education and training partners are fully aligned with the needs of employers. There's a matchmaking role here that um, our team at Southwest Michigan First is focused on, we wanna build that pipeline of talent from early on, getting young people excited about the jobs of tomorrow, making sure we have resources that are aligned with the opportunities of today and tomorrow, and connecting that all back to employers. So that we are doing everything we can to create a return on investment for those dollars that go into training and go into education throughout our region. You'll see us um, integrating diversity, equity, inclusion in our work plan uh, at Southwest Michigan First. Again, this is internally as an organization, but it's externally as well. And we believe there's a role in a lot of our key programs to advance those goals and objectives. Um, we believe there's a role and a growing role for Southwest Michigan First to be a convener of what we call catalyst projects. The event center is a great example. Um, our, our team is 
in my opinion, uniquely equipped to do some of the background work, some of the legwork, some of the planning on uh, those projects that can be game changers for the region, like the event center. It uh, was years in the making with many, par many partners all along the way. It, is, it, it has the potential to be incredibly impactful for city of Kalamazoo and our region as well. Those are the type of projects we want to continue to move forward. And we have a new organizational structure for how we do our work. The next slide here is particularly busy, but it has high-level strategies we're going to be focused on for the, next three, uh, for the next three years. You can see it organized by focus area, first in economic development, where we're going to continue that work to retain, expand, grow businesses. Um, but you'll also see us building out more robust market intelligence. We believe that, um, that information is the currency of economic development, so we want to have greater access to market intelligence uh, so that we can provide the tools needed, the decision-making tools, to corporate leaders, to community leaders when they're evaluating markets throughout our region so they can make the best possible decisions and so that we can fully leverage the value proposition that we have. I believe we have, um, you know, if you look at our, our overall value proposition, cost of operations, cost of living, you also look at the quality amenities we put forward, we need to fully capture that, be able to share it with clients across uh, the board in a wide variety of ways. You'll see us engaging with site selectors more and doing more outreach with public leaders, private leaders to build that team for economic development. In workforce development, we um, plan on launching what we call a workforce blueprint to uh, help connect education, training leaders with employers and make, and, and make that alignment work really well. You'll see us doing more in internship uh, placements and apprenticeship placements, uh, launching a new talent attraction campaign to bring more, uh, more workers, more talent to Southwest Michigan and tell our story of quality of life al along the way. In the world of community development, you'll see us be more aggressive in local, state, and federal policy shaping. Uh, we'll be publishing public policy guiding principles with those areas that we think are important uh, to growing the overall uh, economy. We'll be doing more leadership development, training with partners like, uh, uh, like the commission, cities, counties across the region to help equip our, our leaders so they can um, have the maximum impact possible. Wide variety of events along the way, and then you can see other focus areas for us as well in operations and our consulting team um, called Consultant Connect. We have a broad strategic plan, um, and uh, there is a lot that goes into it. If you uh, would like to join us for the full rollout, please join us on the, uh, on the 12th for that breakfast event. But I wanted to share with you some highlights of what you'll see from our organization going forward. Everything in that strategic plan, in the path to regional prosperity, is designed to help our region solve problems. Let me give you a few examples. We know uh, if you look at our population growth rates, in some areas we're declining. In many areas we're aging. What are we going to do about it? Well. 
part of the solution, certainly not all of the solution, but is to, this is why we're launching a regional talent attraction campaign. It's why we're gonna double down on job creation and enhanced business retention, um, uh, recruitment and expansion services. So you'll see us moving those solutions to address that specific challenge. We know there's a shortage of workers. We hear it all the time from companies. Um, that's driving us to our alignment strategy for training and education. It's driving us to do more for internships, for keeping the workers that we have and aligning them with the many incredible job opportunities that exist today. We know there's a shortage of industrial sites um, that too often we miss out on opportunities because we don't have the right product available to say yes to companies that would like to come to our market. So you'll, you'll see us working with elected officials to help create more of those industrial sites, working with private sector leaders with the same objective in mind. That um, is supported by our policy efforts and our push for enhanced industrial development. We believe it's one region, we're stronger together. Again, you'll see that embrace of regionalism that our staff may be small at Southwest Michigan first, but with your help, our team is incredibly uh, big and we can move mountains together. Uh, you can see a variety of those partners uh, uh, on, on the screen. Um, we're, we're proud of the strategic plan. We're excited to move forward with implementation and you'll be hearing more about this in the future. Path to Prosperity, if you looked at it visually, it would look at uh, the, look like the following slide here where, again, we see a path to a more prosperous future for everybody that calls Southwest Michigan home. That starts, um, in our mind, that starts with successful companies. When we get job creation right and you have companies that are creating sustainable career paths for residents that are part of the social fabric of our community that are supporting philanthropy and generating tax revenue. When you get that right, it leads to many of the community development goals that we all want. Perhaps that's great schools, maybe it's amazing parks, higher education, public safety, infrastructure, um, you name it. The community attributes that we're all looking for, we believe are fueled through successful companies. And we believe economic development has a role in helping those those companies be successful. That's the path to prosperity, and that wraps up my presentation for this evening, but I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Well, well thank you very, very much, uh, Jonas Peterson, for being here and, and taking us through that. Could you remind me and everyone else one more time about April 12th and where that is and, and what time that is? Great. Um, do we have the, yeah. so I believe that it's the morning of April 12th. 7.30, like 7.30 to 9. 7.30 to 9 at Catalyst Center. Okay, thank you so much, I appreciate that. Questions? Commission? I'll go Commissioner first. Hess. I'll go first because, Jonas, thank you for your presentation. It was, it was inspiring. Um, Clerk Bowling, I don't know if you would mind uh, just pulling that flag out. Just let's expose the flag of Kalamazoo, the blue one, that one. Um, this is the flag of Kalamazoo. Education, industry, 
and progress. That's exactly what you just told us. So I'm glad as a representative of Kalamazoo to be, to have you representing education, industry, and progress in, in, our, in our city. Um, first of all, I, the question that's on everyone's mind, um, what is the timeline for the event center? Do you have a, a timeline? Everybody's dying to know. <laughs> if you could elaborate a little bit on the process for, yeah. for all of that, how you're working with the city, with roads, with traffic, that would really be helpful. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner, um, and, and appreciate the question. Um, we, much work has been done uh, on the event center um, in terms of feasibility, in terms of land assembly, in terms of um, generous financial support um, uh, to, uh, to the point where we know it's moving forward. Um, and we've seen that exciting announcement for, this, uh, for the city, for the region. But I'll also share, in many ways, it's very early on. Um, and so in many, in many aspects, the hard work is, is just beginning, including construction timeline, including final design. Um, so we certainly have with um, you know, Catalyst Development is, is very much leading the charge um, for, for this project. And there's certainly some um, you know, rough timelines. Um, but we expect over the next six months um, that more of those details will um, be coming together, especially as we move through the, the development process with our public sector partners. That leads me to say that we simply don't have um, a, a, a timeline to share just yet, but we believe we'll be on the way. And, and, and just thank you about for that. Um, you did speak about growth in the area. Is, is some of your thinking on that um, considering like climate change migration, knowing that this area is going to be prime for people to locate and relocate. Are you using that uh, in, in, in any of your strategies? Yeah, another, another great question. Um, we do believe, um, I do believe that is a beneficial component for our region and for this market, um, but it is a fairly long-term strategy. Um, when you look at impacts and projections for population growth, at least from uh, many of the organizations we've been working with. Um, if you're talking the horizon for our strategic plan over the next three years, then it's, it's, it's probably looking out significantly further uh, than that. But in the long run, um, yes, we fully believe, and I come from, a, before working here, I, uh, most of my professional career was in the southwestern U.S. And in, in a variety of markets in the southwestern U.S. that um, very much would, envy the um, climate tolerance, the water, the resource availability that we have right here. In the long run, that is an extreme competitive advantage. Again, thank you for that. Thanks to your team, Melissa and Jill. Thank you for being here. Uh, appreciate all the work you do in this community. Thank you, Commissioner Hess. Commissioner Hoffman. Thank you so much, Jonah. I have a couple of questions and I'm always excited when someone mentions housing. Um, my first question is, in your research or your team's research, what do you attribute to our slow pace and growth? Um, if you have, if you can elaborate a little bit on that, when we think about our, our aging population, people, our declining population, what, 
have you all looked into that any deeper? Yeah, this is an incredible question. And um, it's one that I, you know, I would say as a newcomer to the market, I fully haven't, haven't fully wrapped my arms around you know, because it is striking to me that um, my family and I, we absolutely love it here. Absolutely love it, couldn't be happier. And we um, experience this incredible value proposition. When you look at um, you look at some of those indicators or price points in the, in the market, you really can say this is one of the best value propositions in the entire country. And for um, not all segments of the population, but for those that are looking for the quality of life that we deliver, our population should be growing much faster. Takes us back to your question: Why um, why are we experiencing relatively slow? growth rates, if growth at all. Um, I don't have a firm answer for you, but it does, it does drive our strategy to tell our story better because we believe that there are many that could benefit from relocating. Not only are there great job opportunities, but there are incredible communities to call home, incredible amenities at a much lower price point than some of our competitors outside the region. Um, so part of it is, is telling our story and making sure that value proposition fully gets out there. Thank you for that. And then my second question is, I've been speaking to some people for the last three years around um, affordable housing. corporations and, and for-profit businesses having um, stake in that. That, that. that is a sector that has been missing from the conversation. Yeah. We talk about affordable housing and then we look at getting more subsidies from federal government, state government, but I believe that corporations and institutions who are making millions and billions have a seat at that table. Um, is there a way that Southwest Michigan First can convene some of those to get them? Because when pay equity happens, affordability goes up. And so if we're talking about not only attracting but retaining, uh, that is something that is very important to our community that we start instituting and talking about pay equity when organizations and corporations are making millions and billions. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I would say a few things. Um, Historically, our Southwest Michigan First has played a very limited role in, in housing. It hasn't been a high priority um, for, for our organization. We, it's on our radar now. Um, we hear from companies all the time as, uh, that they're looking to bring talent to the market. One of those limiting factors is housing. And part of that is overall affordability. So this is, a, this is an issue that we need to tackle. We need to tackle together. If you look at projects like um, the Ford projects moving forward in Marshall and the thousands of new workers that will be required for that project alone, not to mention the many others that are scattered across our, our region, there's going to be increased demand for, uh, for housing. That means we need to be moving now on new housing developments, and we need availability at so many different price points. Um, we certainly strive for, um, you know, for the best possible job opportunities, but we know, we know, in particular, when it comes to housing, we need all possible price points uh, along 
the way. So it's very much is, it's part of why you heard me talk earlier of our shift to be a community and economic development organization. I certainly won't say we've figured out all the, all the answers, but I will say that our, our team is looking to help where we can because we see this as a, an issue facing employers that we need to solve together. One last question. I forgot I wrote it down. Um, and when you talked about DEI, DEI is such a hot topic around the country right now. Yeah. Um, I want to know more about how you're instituting that as an organization into your strategic plan. Like, are, are you all going through training? Are you hiring a, someone new to help guide you through that? What, what are you doing at Southwest Michigan First? Yeah, a wide variety of things. Um, let me share a few. So. Um, we, um, we started really, and before my time at the organization, I've got about a year and a few months in, but even before my time, um, the team internally uh, brought in consulting team and um, it really started with our existing team and organization to look as we're building out that strategic plan, um, not only into our operations, but in sustainable activity. Um, you'll see in terms of what we measure along the way, DEI to be included and in our, we measure a lot of things, but in terms of our performance metrics for the organization, we also uh, very much have diversity, equity, and inclusion measurements along the way and, and strategies for how we integrate that into our overall operations. There's, there's the internal operations, but then there's how we do our work externally as well, which arguably is even more impactful to, uh, to the region. So I think you'll see it showing up in projects. And a solid example is the event center project where, um, and, and huge kudos to Catalyst Development um, for pushing forward a generous project that is um, incredible for our community, but also moves the needle, in my opinion, on diversity, equity, and inclusion along the way. You'll see in there built-in uh, built commitments to support the Northside Association for Community Development with a significant um, grant, but also a, an intent, a commitment to um, allocate vendor space. And not only allocate the space, but start early on with training and identification of BIPOC populations and vendors and minority groups that can be those vendors to create scaling opportunities so you don't necessarily have to start at a full restaurant opportunity, but how do we grow into that? So there's a lot of thought that went, went into um, that benefit package, but a significant consideration was diversity, equity, inclusion along the way. And that's an example of where you can see it show up in our work with the help of really incredible partners. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Hoffman. Commissioner Decker. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Jonas, for being here today in that presentation. And you kind of answered, your last answer answered one of the main questions that I had. That I had. So thank you, for Commissioner Hoffman, for asking that question. Um, I just wanted to say that I know that right now um, the city does not have a, I guess you would want to say, on paper relationship with Southwest Michigan first. And kind of hearing what you guys are doing and how you've kind of revamped your mission statement. Uh, I've been talking with city manager Ritzma and hopefully we can get you guys in here sooner to kind of talk about, you know, how we can all really work together. Um, because I think working with the city and all the partners in Southwest Michigan first, that we are going to, we can and we will be a catalyst um, and attract and retain and enhance the businesses that we already have here. 
And I love the way right now there's something on our agenda for today that talks about um, the funding um, for the farmer's market. And after digging into that and getting some questions on that, I see how you, Southwest Michigan First and the city can work together because sometimes certain organizations are able to go and, and get what's called, I think it is a regional application for funds um, to help the city and the counties and our region a little bit more. So I appreciate that. Um, and I also appreciate the fact when you talk about, you know, with the Catalyst um, LLC working with the NACD. Um, I don't think it's just about the NACD, even though it's going to be closer to that north side, but thinking about more of all of our core neighborhoods that are here. And, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, they are willing to, that they want to dedicate space specifically to our BIPOC um, businesses and entrepreneurs that are here in the city. Um, so I want to say thank you for that again. Thank you, Ms. Fish, Ms. Bland, for being here and, and kind of talking to us today. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Other questions, commissioners? Commissioner Pradel? Thank you, Jonas, for being here. Appreciate it. Um, so I, I wanted to just make sure I heard this correctly. You were estimated about 700 full-time and part-time jobs related to the arena once it's completed, if I understand. Yeah, once operational, yep. Yeah. I, that's a huge deal for the community, um, especially bringing those jobs downtown. I think um, it might be uh, kind of a question, but a comment here with this as well. You know, we have one, one thing that's going to be particularly unique about this as well is you have a, a massive facility with major employment with walkability, you know, ease of access of walkability, both for people who want to work and enjoy it as an entity with some pretty sizable major neighborhoods. I mean, Northside, Vine, Stewart, Douglas. Um, that are all within close proximity, not to mention our campus community. And um, that's, that's, a, that's a huge deal because in a lot of communities yeah. that it's, you know, the, the big arena or the stadium or whatever is, you know, not conducive or close to where people are. So, you know, there's a barrier to accessing that, both, both as a, a patron but also as a person who wants to work there. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is I know one thing um, that can be challenging, especially as we ramp up our downtown, and, and this might be something you can answer, but maybe it's just something to think about or maybe edit the notes sure. to bring up as people are thinking. But from a, from a lens of, of equitable access to work and uh, to work at the facility is just thinking through transportation. And you know, whether that be um, no cost parking or whether it be access to Metro Transit at no cost, you know, as an employee, as a perk to work there or whatever. But I think, I think that's gonna be really uh, important uh, to that work as well. Um, and then the other thing, and I know that this is already part of the equation as well, but you know, those, those core neighborhoods I mentioned, including campus, you know, I hope like as this project goes forward, even, even once approvals happen, that we continue to keep those neighborhoods engaged yeah. Because you know, there's definitely some some rattled nerves, if you will, you know, um, because it's you know, you think about I I'm, I feel like I'm butchering this number, but I think at one point I heard Director Baker say that uh, Kalamazoo Avenue on a typical day has about 17,000 people drive down it, and you know, you think about it, if you have a concert with 8,000 people plus all the people who work there, that's a lot of people that are you know going out into our neighborhood arteries and stuff, and so you know, I think that there's some great opportunities to work with them because I think. You know, there might be ways where we work with the neighborhoods to, to uh, attract more em employees to the arena so that we have more people walking to work or riding their bike to work and those, those kind of things so that we have less traffic congestion and have more people who are walking to concerts instead of driving and those sort of things. 
Um, and, and they might have a lot of solutions for us, you know, and so I, I just would really encourage us to continue to engage with them. And if there's any opportunities where we as a, a city can help with that dialogue and continuous conversation, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, help advocate for that. I think that's going to be um, so important. I'll stop there for a second because I don't know if you have any thoughts or, you know. Um, I, I do. I think you raise a, a, an incredible point and, and I'll share um, for the event center. Um, there. There was multiple location opportunities, um, but consistency, consistently along the way, the priority and the preference was always downtown. Why is that the case? Um, so as we were um, working through feasibility study after feasibility study, every consulting group, including convention sports and leisure that did our primary feasibility study, told us, you want to locate it downtown event centers, arenas that have proximity to amenities and specifically to amenities like public transportation, restaurants, retail, and lodging have a much higher likelihood of success. This project will be successful, but it'll be even more successful because of the location that not only improves the visitor experience because they have those amenities around, but it improves the economic impact because you get that dispersed uh, visitor experience where hopefully and our full intent is that you come early grab a bite to eat have a drink experience the community make your way to the event center um, and then the same uh, on the back end to have have the larger experience but support the economy um, along the way so location is incredibly important there will be more traffic um, we have you know certainly started to think through those strategies and working with the city county and, and others on the approach there. Um, parking has definitely gone into the equation and we have significantly more than even the recommended amount of parking going in. But yet at the same time, there's hope that many um, who experience the event center will choose to park a distance away and experience the community. Yeah, that would definitely be a goal. And I mean, again, you know, it's not just people who want to work, but again, people want to enjoy it. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's an, a key component. Another thing as well, this is something that's kind of crossed my mind throughout the years as this conversation's happened as well, is that um, a lot of our entertainment and sports venues are kind of in, in a way kind of a entertainment desert, if you will. So you think about it, you want to go to a basketball game at Reed Fieldhouse or a hockey game at Lost Nice Arena or uh, go watch the Kalamazoo Galaxy play, you know, in their inaugural season at, at Wing Stadium. You largely just like pay to park, pay for the, you know, food or drink that you might buy there and then you leave. You know, there's not a lot of amenities around that. And I think there's a lot of potential in that regard in terms of capturing uh, those people with a captive audience here with a new, hopefully a new movie theater coming downtown with hotel amenities and all those sort of things. So it's definitely pretty compelling in that regard. I was just going to make that note. Um, the other thing I was just going to ask you as well, and again, this is maybe something that you've already, you guys have already put some thought in, but if you could just maybe add to the notes too, just to, as people are talking about this, but you know, one of the things that has been on my mind a lot lately is about um, whether downtown feels attractive to families. And you know, I, I'm a dad of three young boys under eight. Um, and, and this, if we want to make an attractive community, much like yourself, like to come to Kalamazoo, we got to make sure that there are amenities for families and children. And you know, obviously, the sporting is attractive to families for things to do as well. But you know, my hope is is that there's programming for families. But maybe there might be ways to incorporate some design elements or uh, on the property itself to think through things. I think about Green Bay, Wisconsin, is a great example of this. I mean, when you go uh, to the football stadium, like 
they've designed the whole perimeter of that you know stadium with kids in mind, you know, yeah. and families, and um, you know it, it made it makes it very attractive when you're going to visit there as a parent that you have those you know free things to do while you're waiting for the doors to open or after the concert gets done in the mid afternoon or something like that and. So just wanted to give your thoughts about that as well. Um, you know, if, if that's something people have talked about or considered um, in the plans. Yeah, I'd say during stakeholder sessions, one of the recurring themes that we heard loud and clear was this overwhelming desire to not create a cookie cutter, run of the mill um, event center or, or arena, but instead create something that's unique that expresses the um, the culture, the proud history, the, uh, the unique attributes of our market so that when visitors come, they experience Kalamazoo, they experience Southwest Michigan. Um, so we heard that uh, loud and clear. Final design is, is certainly yet to come, but I think uh, I, I would expect and, and hope that that gets built into not only the, the building design and the, the architecture, but the art, the vendor space, the engagement activities, above and beyond what's going on in the, uh, the arena. There's so many other opportunities there to showcase the best of our region. Yeah, you think about downtown Kalamazoo's mall and those like animal sculptures. You see kids crawling all of those all the time. And you know, that's a good example of you know, creating uh, that placemaking and space opportunity. And I think there's a lot of opportunity that as much uh, is gonna be taken up in that, in that geography and that land there as well. Um, and last, I was just going to ask you, uh, Commissioner Hoffman asked about the housing, and I, that's just an incredibly important element as well. But another thing I put a note on there to ask you about is um, uh, early child care um, and where that is on Southwest Michigan First Agenda. Uh, you know, we have a major, uh, I don't know, you know, crisis on our hand, I would say, in terms mm -hmm. of for, for young parents trying to find safe and affordable places to send their kids so that they can have that economic mobility to seek jobs and work uh, full time. Uh, and uh, especially for, for kids zero to five, you know, you think about what public schools have done, it effectively provides an opportunity for, for people like me to work during the day. But, you know, uh, for a lot of people, that's really challenging when you're dealing with children zero to five. And uh, I know I've seen some things with some local businesses trying to pioneer some new initiatives, but I'm just wondering where that is on um, Southwest Michigan's first radar as well. Yeah. Uh, another great question. And similar to housing, I would say, when you look at daycare, childcare services, that it's an area that really hasn't been a focus area, a high priority for our team in years past, but is increasingly a part of the discussion with businesses and increasingly an obstacle to their, uh, their success. Or we like to look at it as an opportunity that if we can together solve that problem or make a meaningful impact along the way, much like housing, that our employers will be significantly more successful. That means there's an incentive for them to participate along the way. And we're seeing that desire go up, up, up because it's impacting their bottom line. We're also seeing partners like Michigan Economic Development Corporation, like others, um, start to build, uh, close that link between economic development and, uh, and housing and, and childcare so that um, when you see some grant opportunities or programs come out, there is a, there, there's a link between the two and a requirement that economic development partners play a part in that strategy because it all needs to go back to employers. So we are seeing more engagement opportunities there and definitely a will on our end to be as involved as we can. I know another area that would be really helpful as well from SMF if you guys aren't doing it already is just the advocacy at the state level because there seems to be a strong desire 
to have more access to early childhood, but the thing is is that it's still a grossly underpaid profession, you know, and uh, one of the things that I, I've heard a lot about is that, you know, in order to make sure that we create the ability to meet that demand is really that it's going to have to become a higher paying profession, you know, one that's uh, paid really what it's worth. and. Um, and so, um, you know, that's definitely an opportunity as well. Um, I know there are a number of people in the community that are doing their best to advocate at the state level and federal level for, for more support in that regards. But um, I think that would make a huge difference as well. So, but yeah, thank you for the chance to, to ask you some questions and thanks for being here tonight. Thank you. Thanks. Commissioner Morris? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I just got some comments to make. Um, and I, I don't want to somebody's mic is on yeah there you go i don't want to make it seem like it's you know a certain way but when i look at this document um it kind of it kind of gives me a little stress right uh there's a lot of buzzwords in here like economic prosperity for all um inclusivity right um integrity right um it just it feels, especially from a perspective of a young young Hispanic man who's come out of poverty. You you listed the rate of poverty in here at 13.5 percent in Southwest Michigan, right? And and how do we overcome these things? And I, I get it that this is part of this is a spoke in the wheel, right? This is part of it, right? Um, and I I want to encourage you guys because. When you look at it from a lens that's not your own or your culture or your perspective, you tend to think about it in ways where you're like, man, I missed, I missed, I missed that point. I missed that point of view. I missed that perspective because I wasn't either able to sit and, and learn or, or observe or whatever the reason is, right? <clears throat> and so, I think there is some good partnerships that you guys do have with like Maddie Jordan and the things you guys are doing with them and but it's it's a it's a it's a bigger broader picture right um, when I think about growth when I think about like especially economic growth right um, somebody is left behind right one way or another and so you think about the small mom and pop shops in this community you think about you know, the smaller businesses that are trying to stay afloat. Um, and then you think about these big developers coming in and making it happen because they just have the capital to do it, right? Which is, which is awesome. At the same time, you know, how do you actually transform a community? Because this, this, this is great. I love it, right? It's awesome. It's done really well, right? I've seen these in my in time and time again, you know. Um, and this is a heavy lift. This is a this is a this is hard. This is not easy. This is nowhere near easy, right? And I had a friend of mine that always says, if it's worth doing and it doesn't scare the shit out of you, then you shouldn't do it. This scares me because it's like, well, you're talking about people's lives. You're talking about community. You're talking about transformation. You're talking about generations to come, right? You're talking about impacting in ways where it's beyond you, right? And so um, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you guys are doing the work you're doing. Uh, but I do believe that um, it takes more digging and, and more perspective. That's it. 
That's Thank helpful. You. Thank you, Commissioner Arias. Vice Mayor Cooney. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, so, Jonas, th thanks so much for coming, and, and I really, thanks for all the great work you're doing, um, especially for the generous way you use your building. I'm really glad to see communities and schools down there, the Promise down there, I think that's great. And I also think, like, um, the different programs that you have down there. I know Melissa Fish has an awful lot to do with this, but I've been a program there on um, how people retiring from incarceration can succeed, a program on housing, and then having in uh, monthly reports from elected officials in, in Lansing. That, that's wonderful stuff. We have to keep doing it. I would think it would be a good thing for you to host uh, meetings on uh, some of the issues that we, we meet facing the city and how we can deal with them. Early childhood, stuff like that. You know, bringing people together. I think that would be great. So the, a lot of the things that you're dealing with are the same things we're dealing with. And just like we can't solve it by ourselves and you can't solve it by yourself. But I wanted to focus on a couple places. One, workforce development. I think on workforce development, we got to look in here. Look at our young people. I mean, we have the promise here, and I'm looking at the statistics, and nationwide, 32% of people have bachelor's degrees. 30% of people in Michigan have bachelor's degrees. 17% of people in Kalamazoo with 20 years of the promise. We have to put more support for our young people. And I think you folks are in a position to draw other people together to kind of look at seriously, how can we do this? Because a lot of it's going to have to do with helping our schools to succeed, after school programs, all those kind of things. Because if we want strong workforce development, there's the first place to look. The second place in workforce development is living wage jobs things. I think we have to keep looking at how we can bring training in here so that people can get the skills that they need to move into those uh, living wage jobs. And I, this is not just your job, it's all of our jobs, yeah. but I think these are areas that we have to focus on. So that, I wanna talk about that. And the last thing I wanted to say was, this program over in Marshall, wonderful thing. Are we talking about transportation to get people from here over to Marshall to work there? Has there been any discussion on that? Um. So great question. And to your first um, couple of points, like I share your enthusiasm and your goal around workforce development and living wage wage jobs. We are we're we're in there. If we can help out um, to um, push on those issues, those to me sound very much like they are right smack in the wheelhouse of Southwest Michigan first. So um, thank you for for that comment. You know the the Marshall project, the, the Ford announcement. Um, there certainly may have been a transportation d discussions. Um, there are so many partners um, sure. involved in that project, and, and I want to cheer on our, our friends over in Battle Creek and, and in Marshall specifically for really leading on a lot of that project. Our team we very much did our part along the way, but it's a great example of a partner-led win for the, uh, for the region. I'm sure there has been transportation um, discussions. I'm not personally aware of them, but we're, we're happy to look into it. Yeah, I just think that, you know, th this could be really good for our people, too, yeah. to get over there. They're going to need a lot of workers. So, thank you. Yeah. Commissioner Decker. 
Thank you, Mayor. Uh, thank you again, Jonas. Um, so you mentioned that you had a lot of stakeholders input, and I'm wondering if you can elaborate maybe on who those stakeholders were, because I'm looking for particular businesses and organizations for you to name. So I don't know, like what stakeholders were you getting this input from? Yep, for our strategic plan you're talking about. Yes, and for like the key yeah. strategies and whatnot, yes. Oh man, um, so many um, organizations. Um, so we, um, through our strategic plan development, we reached out to a pretty wide variety of, uh, of groups and certainly relied on uh, many of those on our board of directors to help us find new groups to reach out to. And it's, I'll also say, even outreach like this meeting today is a part of informing our strategies going forward. So we view it as, a, as an ongoing um, um, process of getting input, adapting, improving our strategies along the way. I, I certainly don't have an exhaustive list with me of um, stakeholders or, that were involved along the way, but I will say hundreds of um, private organizations, corporate leaders, education leaders, government leaders uh, uh, along the way. And to the extent we, we um, were able to, um, trying to listen to those from around the entire um, region to, to build out that strategy. So don't have a specific uh, list, but happy to follow up and look into that. Okay, um, with that, and again, I know Southwest Michigan is first is for the region. Uh, who specifically, or were there specific ones here within Kalamazoo? And what I'm getting at is you talk about, um, Commissioner Hoffman talked about nerves being rattled, you know, with this big event center coming. Um, and then on here within your key, key strategies and your focus areas, when you talk about community development, you say close community building and networking events. Um, have you reached out to, again, this event center is gonna be right down the middle of downtown, north side and kind of near a lot of our neighborhoods. Have you reached out any to the, any of the neighborhood associations and had you know talks with them? You know, because this is something that's big that's gonna be, that's gonna be coming to the city. So how do you plan to, to reach out to these organizations and gather their input about what's gonna be happening that's gonna be you know, less than a mile from where they're gonna be living and, and growing and wanting to stay? So I guess I'm kind of looking to see what is your plan to reach out to neighborhoods that are closest to this event center and to get their input and to keep them involved and to keep them up to date on the progress that is happening and not just, hey, here it is. Uh, again, because you know community input is the greatest input. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of looking to see what is your plan of attack or do you have one when it talks about going into these other uh, again, our neighborhood organizations and speaking with them and having the community come and, and hear what you're talking about and, and you know, telling them the great things that can happen and you talk about the workforce development and again, putting that you know, kind of nugget in their ear so then it kind of propels them to kind of ask more questions and be like, well, how can we be a part of this? And as Commissioner Cooney said, um, well, how can we start some of the workforce training development? How can we partner together? Yeah, so great question around event centers specifically, and uh, let me share some of the outreach process for that particular project. So um, I'll start with it as it's a, it, this is a, a, a private 
refunded um, event center, um, but it is very much significant to the, the community. And with that in mind, uh, we wanted to go above and beyond with uh, community outreach during the um, concept design process. Uh, so we formed a concept design working group. And uh, you know, thank you, City Manager Ritsima, for joining us in that effort and for the partnership along the way. Um, but there was there were certainly others in that uh, that working group. We relied on that group along with others to help us formally and informally identify groups to that we could reach out to, that we could invite, or that they could in turn could invite others to be a part of um, a variety of stakeholder sessions that were held during the course of uh, of last year, so 2022. I believe we reached out to around 300 community leaders or organizations. I think we had around 200 that uh, participated. Um, some of those were informal, um, where those from our working group or others that uh, joined the presentation invited a, a friend or another community organization. And that was definitely part of our messaging along the, other, uh, along the ways. Who are we missing? If we are missing anybody, um, please help us invite those groups to participate along the way. So we, um, you know, we, we went through a, a, a fairly long stakeholder engagement process with the goal of building out a concept design, so a starting point, where there is much more to come in terms of finalizing that design. And now, with Catalyst Development announcing their intent to move forward, they'll have the opportunity. Um, and we certainly hope to help uh, along the way and guide and curate community feedback wherever we can, we're, like we're in, to support the project. Um, but they, they'll get the opportunity to go through the, um, the development process and plan and review and all those stages, just like any other private sector um, project moving forward. Thank you. Um, and then just one more question when it comes around um, DEI uh, within the organization. You spoke a little bit about it. Um, how diverse is your leadership team? Um, Yep, so, so great question. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, like the percentage, if, that, if that's what you're um, looking for. I just kind of, you know, men to women, BIPOC, not, and things like that. Yeah, just just kind of wondering, um, again, when you talk about diversity, I know you guys are kind of just starting on yeah. that, you've got consultants in, um, but uh, it also goes to when we're also attracting more businesses. Um, they're also looking at the diversity yeah. of the organization that they're yeah. working with. Well, I'll, I'll share a couple things. Um, one, our, our goal internally is to look like um, the community that we serve. Um, so it's one of our benchmarks. And we have started um, measuring a wide variety of our diversity goals, as I mentioned earlier. One of those was a, um, a, a, we do have a recent internal survey so that we can better track our internal uh, diversity. So we, had, we, we asked our team to self-report on that fairly recently. I certainly don't have the numbers with me off the top of my head, but I'm happy to have our team look into it and, and uh, to the extent we can share some of our, our, our findings. And I would, I would also share, it's, it's pretty easy to jump on our, on our website and take a look at our, our existing team, but know that it's important to us and we strive to look like the community that, that we serve. So you'll see us hopefully continuing to make improvement with that goal in mind. Awesome. Thank you for that. Other questions, commissioners? 
I just want to thank you once again. I appreciate uh, sticking around for all these questions. Uh, just a reminder, and I know you're, I'm sure you're aware of this, but uh, interesting uh, alignment, I guess, of, uh, of uh, things that are, we care about here at the state level. We talked about housing, is that just this last week, you know, MISHTA uh, held an event here over at the Radisson, and I know that you had, you know, uh, one of your team members attended that related to a regional housing plan, which happens to completely coincide with the seven counties that are served by Southwest Michigan first in, in what was, I think, originally a prosperity zone. Is that what these areas were called? So, right. So we're at the beginning of that regionally in these seven counties talking in a, in a, in a presumably a more organized way, hopefully going forward, uh, about our housing needs across the region. And I think that your participation, you know, as an organization and those sorts of conversations is going to be very, very helpful also. So I was glad that you were one of your team members was able to attend and look forward to those further uh, kind of alignment of desires going forward between things like housing and economic development. So thank you for that. Once again, appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. All right, all right, well here we are. So uh, thanks for all the questions. Very helpful, everybody. Uh, and I'm sure we're gonna have a lot more discussions on these topics going forward. Let's not be strangers to each other. Any other commissioner comments for the good of the order on this meeting? All right, so a reminder, our business meeting starts at seven, that's in 45 minutes. There'll be an opportunity for public comments at that meeting. Uh, that meaning you have three minutes. They'll be the same number that we use for this meeting available, or you can make comments by uh, being present here in the chamber. So thank you again. Appreciate everybody who uh, tuned in and paid attention to this, and we are adjourned.